Episode 8, and this is the Triple F Podcast. Um, I am one of your other hostesses. Uh, I am Riffin. It's lovely to see you all again, or at least um, have you listening to us again. And of course, that was Four Non Blondes uh, with their song, What's Going On? And the reason we chose it... What's up? Or What's Up, excuse me. And the reason we chose it is because this is Episode 8. And of course, we're going to talk about... Yay! Sense8! Sense8! Yay! Absolutely, yeah. This is a um, Netflix original series called Sense8. It's S-E-N-S-E, and then the number eight. All one word, all attached to one another. The best of Netflix's oh, originals. it's just the most amazing show. If you go on Netflix streaming, uh, you will be able to just kind of watch it from there. And let me tell you, season one, there's only one season right now. They have been renewed for season two. So, yay! yay. Um, but season one is fucking phenomenal. And you really, really, yes, really should is. be watching this show if you are not watching this show. This entire episode is going to be dedicated to Sense8. So if you want to hear more about it and stick with us, you're in the right place. I entirely endorse turning us off. And going to watch Sense8 <laughs> right now. That is the only reason you should turn <laughs> off this podcast. out of you. And that way you'll be caught up with the rest of us. Okay, here's the big caveat, guys. We're going to have a few spoilers going on here. I know that. Oh, Probably So if you do want to just hit pause on us, go watch Sense8 and then come back and listen to this podcast. Feel free. Because we're going to be talking about um, the things we love, the things we hate. Uh, the things we're hoping for for the characters for the future. I'm going to be talking, too, about um, all of the fanfic that is out there that I've seen, as well as the different ships that occur in the canon, in the show itself, as well as all of the shipping stuff that people are doing to kind of sort of on their own. Um, but first, let's go ahead and start with an introduction. Oh, now, hi, I'm Ava Phoenix. <laughs> well, no, well, yes, there's that, <laughs> too. that part. <laughs> I'm fandom girl. Yes, so we have our three troopers here today to talk about it. Well, I know, it's about time. It's been a while since we've recorded. Um, all right. Yeah, because the universe keeps getting in the way. First, I love... By the way, boys and girls, I know I'm a little technology dependent. Okay, you know, but when Mercury was in retrograde, it, like, bent me over a barrel. It was awful. I lost my phone. Well, no, I didn't lose my phone. I cracked my screen. And then my phone was so old that they couldn't give me a replacement one that was the same generation. 
And then my Wi-Fi went out. And then the new phone didn't work. They had to overnight me, three days later, a new phone (laughs) to replace the other new phone. (laughs) So, Mercury Retrograde, fuck you very much. (laughs) However, I got to watch Sense8, so I guess, you know, it evens out. (laughs) Yes, exactly. This game makes everything better. To catch up on the show because um, Eva was the only one of us who hadn't been watching it, and so we're like, no, 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 you have to, you, you, you no. Why are you talking to us? You should be watching the show. Um, <laughs> like, hang up, yes, hang right up now. right now, right go now, watch. just go right now. <laughs> in my now, in my defense, I am actually not. I don't watch many things. I watch Good Eats because. Alton Brown awesome. is is the Bill Nye of the culinary world, and do you watch Cutthroat? No, no, I don't do I don't do a lot of the competition e crazy shows. Like I watch The Voice with my housemates because that's something that we can all do together. And I I don't know I usually get stuck in the room when they're watching it, so I might as well you know vaguely cheer on person. Alton is amazing on Cutthroat Kitchen. Maybe I'll give it an episode. He's diabolical. Maybe I'll give it an episode, but you have to understand that for me, I have like three settings. One is the sci-fi world, you know, the Star Trek, Star Wars, Firefly, <laughs> Brown, Brown Coats Forever. forever. Yes. <laughs> uh, and and then I have my you know watch things get built or blown up. So I watch you know how it's made or MythBusters. You should and be watching Top Gear if you're gonna watch that. Go ahead. Uh, also an amazing I love show. Top Gear. Or I watch like Miss Fisher's Murder Mysteries or which I have started. I know. Yay. Finally. Or Murder <laughs> She Wrote. I am secretly like a 90 year old woman who who <laughs> spends secretly. The ma- <laughs> spends the I am a blue-haired old lady that watches Murder She Wrote and Firefly alternate <laughs> like that that's what I alternate it's like let's watch an episode of Firefly oh that was lovely let's have a cup of tea and watch Murder She Wrote while I crochet you know Cthulhu right that's exactly. me that's me so me getting into Sense8 I mean it's a fantastic show and I do highly suggest that people watch it but me getting into a new show uh uh it is, it is definitely actually a thing. Like, I tried to watch Hemlock Grove and there was too much of dubcon and weirdness and too, too many drugs floating around for me to actually finish out the first season. I'll fully admit that. But this time, Netflix knocked it out of the fucking park. Oh my god. It is a very, very well put together show. Okay, so for those of you who are unaware, um, Sense8 is basically about a group of people who suddenly become telepathically um, linked. So they're linked in their, in their own minds. It's sort of a hive mind, but there's only eight of them. And they're referred to as a cluster. And uh, I'm actually at one point going to explain the first five minutes of episode one. So hold on to your hats about that. Um, first let's cover the characters and because these people are from all different areas of the globe, all different walks of life. This is why representation is important. It's awesome that we can say we have all of these characters and all of these different walks of life. It's not just white bread, one, two, three, and four that are the main characters, which as much as I love American Horror Story, it kind of is like white bread people dying constantly with the with a little bit of antelope with, with a little bit of antelope <laughs> oh, <right. laughs> 
but it's not like, enough. Poor Angela. Not she, nearly. She, as good as she is, she can't like represent for absolutely everyone. Now it's like <laughs> Scream Queens. Scream Queens was a disappointment because it, it just is. I, I wanted so much more, but the Wachowskis freaking yes. delivered. Oh, see, I, I like the satirical nature of Scream Queens, but I think I am in a minority with that. I'm, I'm watch. I'm gonna finish watching it because, goddamn it, I've invested enough time into it that I want to <laughs> see who the fuck the killer is. Okay, can we talk about white people for a second? Because I've been watching Fargo. Oh my god! I still no have not even show seen on in the world other than Fargo. Um, However, there is actually that know. really pretty uh, plus size chick from Chicago who plays the cop. All I know is that Although, she's pretty. No, she's Chicago. not in this season. Ah, oh, fuck! No, this this season. I still haven't seen season this one. This season is an entirely different cast. What? Yeah. A lot of shows are doing it's that an now. Entire, like True Detective, and in fact, it takes that. place in the seventies. Huh. As opposed to the original, the season one Fargo, which took place, like, you know, yesterday. With Martin Freeman. Oh. With Martin Freeman, right. That's the honestly the only reason I wanted to see it, a crazed Martin Freeman. I, I have a question. Do you, got, do you ladies think that because Netflix is kind of its, its own independent distributor, things like Sense8 and things like, you know, House of Cards and Hemlock Grove that kind of push that boundary of air quotes acceptable television although you oh know. yeah from what i hear they're already talking jessica jones has like straight up doggy style sex in it like openly bisexual and lesbian characters they should have like, fucking done God constantine you, instead of whoever the fuck did it and dropped the ball so goddamn hard it went through the floor what well, was it so. fox yeah, well, Fox screwed up um, Firefly, too. Constantine is showing up on Arrow, though. What's that, fandom girl? Constantine is sh- showing up on Arrow, so maybe huh. they will... Maybe the CW will do it better. Oh, the CW will probably really do it justice, yeah. I don't... But the CW does, like, dicking around with fans. Supernatural. Oh, oh sorry, a little... Uh, bug in my yeah. throat. A little Castiel in your throat? What oh, was that? A little, <laughs> I was about to say, a little bisexual Dean is stuck in my throat. Okay, speaking Non-gendered of Castiel. Dean and Castiel and all of the cast members, can I please just go through these list of eight people? Okay. Sorry. Sorry. Now that we've been talking about Fargo and everything well, else. Well, it's important. I mean, we are a multi-fandom group. Well, we're setting foundation. Okay, so Caffius. Caffius. Which took me forever to learn to pronounce the name. It's Caffius. Um, he is a transport driver um, in Nairobi, Kenya, um, played by Amal Amin, who, uh, if you don't know, he was in the Maze Runner movie. Um, I didn't know oh, he was? Yes, like, he seriously? was Albie in the Maze Runner. Holy, Holy shit. shit. So there you go. Yeah, he has a fantastic smile. Like, no joke. Uh, he has, he is just a beautiful, beautiful oh, soul. And a beautiful, um, he was in Beyond the Lights, man. too. Huh. Um, and anyway, the butler. Damn. What was that? He was in the butler. Yes, he's been in a um, few films. Lee Daniels, the butler. Huh. He's been in a few films. Shit. This, this dude has a resume on him. Why did I never look this up? You did now. Because... You're lazy, and I'm the one who took the notes for this. Remember? Yes, this is true. I am lazy. I'm sorry. So, Caffius. <laughs> okay, so Caffius has is in Nairobi, and his mother is very ill. She is HIV positive, and his struggle every day is to earn enough money to afford her medicine. Um, so he's got his issues, and then I feel like we should point out that he is not usually called Caffius. 
So if oh, you do yeah. go watch it, he's usually called Van Damme because John Claude Van Damme is his favorite actor. It, the, the van he drives <laughs> is decorated. It's called the Van Damme. Um, because that's the van he drives all, all around the town trying to get enough customers to take them where they need to be. Um, because there is no bus system in um, Nairobi and they have to be able to transport their citizens around. So um, everybody gathers at the depot place and, and they drive off. And Batvan has always been the most popular, uh, which is decorated with Batman decals <laughs> and things like this. It's all hand painted. Um, but but the Van Dam is not doing so hot as far as business is concerned. But I think it's the creepy drawing of Van well, Dam on it's, the side. <laughs> it's very much a homemade design. Um, but still, uh, it's it's a character that has given it's it's, it's a gentleman who's given him uh, a little faith and a little hope to fight every day um, to help his mother. Um, so he's a very sweet, sweet soul, and we meet him. Oh, I do love him. Um, the next person that you'll meet is Sun Bak, who is in Seoul, <gasps> South Korea. Striking she as She is fuck. the CFO of a drug company. She is the most badass character. She is played by an actress named Duna Bay, who was in Cloud Atlas, for those of you who saw Cloud Atlas. Which, by the way, is a mesmerizingly gorgeous movie. She is so fucking she, yes, stunning. And she turns out to be an amazing badass herself, um, who has family she was issues. She in Jupiter Ascending. No, not not Jupiter Ascending. Cloud Atlas. Cloud Atlas. No, she was in Jupiter Ascending. Okay. Then she was in Jupiter Ascending. Somebody's checking IMDb as we. <laughs> this is called cheating on the exam. Is what this I is thought called. it was called Google tripping. My bad. Uh huh. Yeah. I'm trying to figure out who she was in Jupiter Ascending. You know, we haven't recorded for two solid weeks. <laughs> this and is what now happened. is the time she chooses to check IMDb. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, I've been watching the show and taking notes. Like, I have a physical thing sitting in my lap. So that, yeah, exactly. I have a Four computer. Who notes needs notes? And she's done, yeah. Who needs notes uh, when I have Excuse me. You know when you're in a group... You know when you're in a group project in school and only you have done all the freaking work and everybody else puts their name on it? Yes, you're Hermione, I'm Luna, she's wrong, yeah. we get it. Yes. I, I, <laughs> just, I just, fucking just, hate Ron Weasley. Let's put that out there. I hate Ron. The next character we meet is Nomi Marks. Nomi uh, is an ex-computer hacker turned legitimate. Uh, she lives in San Francisco, and she is played by an actress named Jamie Clayton. And Nomi is a trans woman. Um, so we, we meet someone who not only is a trans woman, but is also a lesbian. And we meet her and her lover in a very intimate moment when the, when the story first opens, and I'll explain uh, that in a bit. Pausing for um, just a second, because it does bear mentioning that Jamie uh, herself is also a trans woman. So they got a trans woman to play a trans woman. Isn't that fucking awesome? Yes. And I, I thank Lana for that. So seriously, I really think it was Lana Wachowski who made sure she was a trans yes, woman herself that, so yeah. yeah so there you go oh yeah we we didn't mention that this is a fucking wakowski movie it's with a w not an l <laughs> i'm not movie it's a wakowski show though that's the siblings that did like the matrix and stuff yes. yeah and the other person whose name i also can't pronounce that is a 
I don't know. That's that many consonants are not Which supposed one? to be next to each other. J. Michael Straczynski. Straczynski? Yeah. He did Babylon 5. Did okay. he? Oh, yeah. Okay, so Holy shit, I'd forgotten. See, I, I did do some research. I knew that Light much. <laughs> Um, okay, so we have those characters so far. So that's three out of the um, the eight, eight for the cluster. <laughs> the remaining characters are Kala Dandakar, who is a chemist in Mumbai, India. And fucking uh, gorgeous. And played oh my by God. a very striking mm-hmm. actress, um, a very competent actress named Tina Desai. And Tina is stunningly beautiful, of course, but she also plays that part, I think, with a wide-eyed delicacy that um, she has just the right touch to play Kala, I think. She is just, like, traffic-stoppingly gorgeous. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. She was in the best mer- the best exotic Marigold Hotel and the second best exotic Marigold Hotel. Okay. I'm pretty sure she played, um, what's his name, the main character from Slumdog Millionaire. His girlfriend, his wife, interest. person. Yes. yes. I think it's girlfriend in the first movie and wife in the second. Speaking uh, of love interest. Too soon so to be wife. Bride to be. She played a bride to be. Right. Yeah. Speaking of love interest, Wolfgang. We'll get into him. We'll get into him. <laughs> first, though, uh, next up on my list is Riley Blue. Riley Blue is an Icelandic DJ uh, living in London at the time that the, that the season opens. Um, and she eventually goes back to Iceland um, by the time the season ends. And her, uh, she is played by an actress named Tuppence Middleton. Who is also in Jupiter Ascending. <laughs> what? So. And the imitation game for you Benedict Cumberbatch fans. Yes, she was. Um, the next character in the cluster is Wolfgang Bognau. Bognau. He of the booty. (laughs) Okay, Wolfgang is played by Max (laughs) Reimelt and, uh, or Reimelt. I'll be in my bunk. probably pronounced Reimelt. That's the other thing I'm not 100% certain on is the pronunciation of these names because I've not heard them spoken. Um, But he plays a locksmith slash thief in Berlin, Germany. And uh, he is absolutely stunningly beautiful and very, very, very comfortable in his own skin, which is a beautiful thing to witness. And has an ass you want to take a bite out of like an apple. (laughs) Uh, There are moments in Sense8 where, you know, the sex is explicit. And so, you know, this is not a show for small children. Obviously, this is not a show for those of you who are in any way bashful about naked bodies. So just as a warning. We do have full frontal nudity with him, not just in sex scenes, but in non-sexual situations also. So just be warned about that. You will get unexpected dick. (laughs) All of a sudden, penis. Um, At your wedding. But Max. (laughs) Max. Yes. I, I think this is so cool oh. because Sensei is one of my new favorite shows. And I, I like foreign movies and I really love this German movie, The Wave. And then I found out that Max was in The Wave. So my favorite character from one of my new favorite shows was in my favorite German movie. Well, that works out. You guys have seen the, the uh, Guy Ritchie Sherlock Holmes, right? 
where it has the yes. board with all the red threads. I kind of feel that's how fandom <laughs> is. Is it's all there? I think there that's has, how Hollywood is. Well, yeah, but there has to be like one <laughs> central person, or, or or a couple of central. The um points. six degrees of six degrees of Basically. Kevin Bacon. So it's all Kevin it's Bacon's all fault. Kevin Bacon. <laughs> it's all Kevin Bacon's fault. We are convinced. Give, give me a Wikipedia and I can find the connections. <laughs> okay. The next person on our list is Lito Rodriguez. He is Another person an you actor. want to take a bite the, out the of The character himself is actually an actor um, from Mexico City, Mexico, played by and, and hilariously by Miguel Angel Silvestri. And Kazuhi. he is not only good-looking... He is uh, also multi-talented and really, really, really good at hiding who he truly is. And by the end of the first episode, you discover who he truly is, Um, uh, which is to say that he's in the closet. Um, One of my favorite lines from the show comes from him. Fandom girl, say that again. (laughs) One of my favorite lines in the whole show was from him. When he's talking to Nomi... And talking about the first time he met um, Hernando. And he's like, I took him in my mouth like a holy communion. <laughs> talking about giving his boyfriend a blowjob. And I was like, that is the most beautiful line ever. <laughs> yeah, whoever the writers were for this, I just want to shake their hands and maybe buy them a drink. Or maybe a house. The Wachowskis want... wrote most of the episodes, I want to buy I them a house. I can't afford a house for me first. Sorry. Um, oh, I didn't say I could afford it. I just said I wanted to. Ah, okay. um, well then, me too. The last, the last character we have in our Sense Eight cast is Will Gorski. Gorski, or oh. Will, as he's known by mm. all the Sense Eights, um, as puppy as I call him. He's a police officer in Chicago, Illinois, played by what? Brian J. Smith. Shy Town. Okay, I'm better. Sorry. <clears throat> um, and of course. <laughs> There are a ton of people in the supporting cast, not, not the least of which are Naveen Andrews, who plays Jonas. Angelica Turing, played by Daryl Hannah, who made a couple of appearances in this. She is, uh, Angelica, the character she plays, is the one that technically, quote unquote, gives birth to that cluster of those uh, eight people that we wind up following. Hernando is played by Alfonso Herrera. He's another adorable one. Yes. And Hernando, I think, is sort of this steady rock in Lito's life. Hernando, I lost my flip flop. Nothing, nothing, nothing (laughs) disturbs Hernando. Nothing upsets him. Nothing really worries. I mean, he's just this, this Gibraltar person. In uh, in Leto's life, and Leto, of course, is the most dramatic human being you've ever met in your entire <laughs> life. And uh, Hernando just watches him, like you know, Leto would be going crazy over something, and Hernando would just be sitting there with this quiet little smile on his face, going, "Honey, it's over there. What you're looking for, it's it's right there." <laughs> and, <laughs> and and that's the kind of guy he is. That's the kind of relationship they have, and it's beautiful to watch. And they're really hot together. And, well, yes. You guys need to get away from the physical. Come on. No, no. Okay. More than that. No. Let's talk about let's talk about Wolfgang and Felix. Oh, uh, their friendship beautiful. is like 
so I love They're like it. Brothers, just, aren't they? they are. Yes. Yeah. He's he's closer to Felix than he is to his actual family. And who can they... blame him? Because his actual family sucks. <laughs> Seriously. I love the first introduction to Wolfgang <laughs> and his relationship to his father. But oh, no, um, that was... <laughs> focusing back to, to Felix and Wolfgang for a moment, uh, he said something at some point, something about uh, more deer than an accident of blood or something. Right. I don't remember the exact line, but that really resounds, you know, with me, what with my family being one third actual relations and two thirds question mark, question mark, asterisk, squiggly. But yeah, their relationship beautiful. is so beautiful and so touching. It's like... As close as two people can be. Right. Um, and of course, as with any relationship uh, or any existence, you always got to have the bad guy. And he is called Mr. Whispers. Dick Weevil. And played by Terrence Mann. Mr. Whispers is basically someone who is uh, telekinetically capable and is looking for sensates. He's looking for these people, these clusters. And he's looking for them. To what end? We're not quite sure. Um, all we know is that when you uh, get captured by him, you become a lobotomized robot. Um, and we learn that the hard way through uh, an example <laughs> in, the, in the season. So you really have to watch the season. Oh, and this is a show, by the way, guys, that you really do have to just watch. You can't have it on in the background. You can't no, have you, it on the noise. You can't. If you're not yes, actually you will miss a ton of stuff if you don't sit there and really kind of watch it. Um, pop the popcorn, go to the bathroom, do what you got to do, and then watch the show because it is it is really riveting. It'll hold your attention. You won't realize that you're watching episode after episode after episode because that's what Netflix does to you. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I made myself late to work on more than one occasion. Right watching this show so don't watch it right before right work. right exactly um because you won't want to okay <laughs> so there are other characters that are in the background as well we have jayla who is um Caffius's friend he is played by paul agola who by the way follows our twitter feed so like you should hi, Mr. be <laughs> agola. so nice to so nice that you follow us um we have let's see oh of course amanita um oh. yeah amanita is played by freema agimon who is just the queen of everything i'm sorry um and she plays nomi marx's uh girlfriend uh amanita. you may know her best martha as Jones. martha from doctor who the most badass companion mm, on doctor who ever but i was just gonna say we could debate that for about five years because I'm a Donna girl. I don't know about the rest of y'all. Donna is one of my Oi, favorites. I love Donna. Donna took I don't no like Rose. Shit. Rose can just go away. Uh, <laughs> I, yeah, I wasn't a huge fan of Rose. She was she was I. She was okay. She's my least but favorite. But then again, I'm one um, of those weirdos that Eccleston was probably my favorite doctor. So I love Eccleston though. That's why I liked the beginning of twelve because he was reminiscent of Eccleston. But now they're changing him, and I don't like it. But yes, Freema, yes, okay. she plays Amanita. Yes, she plays Amanita in in the uh, in the show. And okay, so shall we give you a taste of episode one, which is called Limbic Resonance? 
Uh, this is basically just the first five minutes because I swear to you, there was so much happening in the first five minutes of the first show, of the first episode, that I would have been there for 16 years stopping the stopping what I was watching to make a note and hitting play again and hitting pause again and hitting play again. I would I would still be there <laughs> two weeks later. I had I had to watch the first episode like three or four times to totally twice. get. Things. I had to watch it twice. Right. And I'm I'm not sure if I understand it all but, yet. So. Right, right. Well, the, the show itself opens with showing you a woman in an abandoned church. In, and we find out later this church is in Chicago. But um, the woman is Angelica, played by Daryl Hannah. And Angelica is coming out of a drug-induced stupor. And she is surrounded by filth. She's in a dirty dress. You can tell that she's just been taking drugs for days. And she is laying on a very beat up, dirty old mattress in the middle of an abandoned church. And she wakes up in absolute pain and agony, um, probably from withdrawal, but also the pain in her own head uh, because she is a sensate. She is telepathically linked to a man named Jonas who appears to her um, and appears to be almost in the room with her, even though he physically is not, mentally he is. Um, and they converse and basically he tells her that it's time. It's time to, uh, make the next, you know, to give birth to the next cluster. And she is the strongest out of her old cluster and she's, it's up to her to, to be able to do it. But of course she's terrified too, because this Mr. Whispers is about to walk in the door and she knows he's going to be here and she knows she's going to be captured because all of a sudden, Mr. Whispers is there. Telepathically. Which is fucking He's scary. whispering over her shoulder. Yes. Telepathically, <laughs> he is Whispers whispering. Is he, is, he, is, he is talking to her telepathically. And he cannot see or hear Jonas. But based on her, he can tell that Jonas is there in the room telepathically. And he tells her to tell Jonas that he can't wait to meet him. And it's just, it's very sinister. This, of course, is seconds after she has managed to give birth to the next eight. So as she's giving birth, she's actually appearing telepathically, telekinetically, yeah, yeah. telepathically, to the um, eight that she is um, sort of waking up, as it were, and linking together. Um, as it's happening to them, each of them is going through their own life. Leto is filming a very tense scene in a church in Mexico City. Riley is lighting a cigarette on a rooftop in London. Sun is practicing her Tai Chi in South Korea. Wolfgang is at a party in Berlin. Will is on the beat in Chicago. Kala is walking downstairs at her medical company. Um, Caffius is driving through Nairobi traffic. And Nomi is in her San Francisco bathroom injecting her hormones into her hip. And all of them see Angelica. And that's the first five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> I, I would like to just interject that you didn't mention Kala is in India. Kala is in India. Yes. Well, I mentioned that when I was talking about her as a character, that she was in Mumbai, yeah, but India. You, you said everyone, where everyone else was just now. And <laughs> you I, left I felt, her out. Like, yeah, Kala would be sad to be left out. One of the things 
<laughs> I wish you guys could see the look she is giving me. This is the look I get give people when they've exasperated my patience. But one of the things I love best is that you automatically know certain roles are set, but there's still like even that that first hook gets you and digs in. Like Mister Whispers, you know you're you're scared as fuck and you're supposed to be scared as fuck as uh, from from him. He is he is. He is genuinely unsettling because you know people like him. All right. You know what I think is a good um, comparison? How everyone hates Voldemort, but think Umbridge is the yes, scariest yes, fucking thing in Harry Potter. This... He is Umbridge. He is Umbridge. Even though there is a very scary um, portion where a lobotomized ex-sensate is off killing people. Um, he's being controlled by whispers. So whispers is sort of this puppet master. He whispers and to you. I, you know, he captures you by see by sight. If you look in his you're eyes, dead. right, you're done. Right. He knows everything you know. He can. He can instantly he knows where you are link to you, just... and you are done for. Scary. Which is shit. how he found um, Angelic. Also, I should mention too that in the very very last moments of the last of the first five minutes of Sense8, um, Mr. Whispers, along with his little team that he has with him, actually physically walks into the church to find uh, Angelica. And she, at the time, has a gun. And she basically blows her own head off. And of course, because she has linked herself with all of these eight people, and now she's gone, they actually bear witness to her blowing her own head off. Um, you know, in traumatic. various ways, which is very traumatic and sudden, and they can't understand why they would have this vivid vision of a woman they've never seen before blow her own head off. So it's 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 a very intriguing premise. It's a very intriguing show. Each character, of course, has their own issues, their own problems. Um, each one sort of having a, an arc of, of what happens to them um, throughout the season one which makes you wonder what the hell is going to happen in season two. Um, they did film this show all over the world. They did go to which is awesome. Kenya and they did go to Mumbai and they did go to Iceland and Chicago. they did go to Chicago and San Francisco and all the other places where all of this stuff takes place, Mexico City. And because all of the actors at one time or another appear in each other's scenes in the mind and, and in taking over their bodies, etc., cetera, um, the cast had to travel. So based on whatever episode they were working on and everybody's storyline is affected in every single episode, I'm not even sure how they shot this. Carefully. Because there's no way they could have done it. <laughs> there's no way they could have done it episode by episode. I mean, they'd just be flying all over no, the world I think, for, for weeks. I think they filmed like the first episode as the pilot, showed it to Netflix, got it greenlit. Did the and rest. then shot the rest they like filmed it by sight. Yeah, like wherever that, um, wherever, whatever scenes were in that location, they filmed it all. Yeah, yeah. And then moved on to the next. Well, they would have to. Logistically, it was just impossible to, to set everything up. Okay, I'm going to move on to ship discussions. Uh, does anybody object or want to say anything else? There is a goddamn <sighs> armada with this show. My ship is which, canon, which is your right? Ship? Everyone. <laughs> 
Well, there is a cluster ship. Yes, absolutely. There is a portion in the show where all of them are having sex. With it the is literally a clusterfuck. With the exception of, I believe, Caffius and Sun. I don't believe either one of them no, were involved. No, they weren't. I don't think Kala was in Kala was. I either. do believe she was because I think she was in the hot tub. I think she was the one who sure? walked into the hot tub with the very first one with with Wolfgang. I think she was the first person to come to him naked. Maybe I need to rewatch the I scene. I think you, you do. Know, for research. I do believe she was the very first one because she and he are a canon ship. Um, the other canon ships are Lido and Hernando, of course. They're in Mexico City. Lido, Hernando, and Daniela. Well, Daniela eventually, yes. But Lido and Hernando, I'm just sticking with the two. Lido and Hernando, and, and of course, Lido being the sensate. Hernando is a non-sensate. Nomi and Amanita in San Francisco, a sensate and a non-sensate. Riley Blue and Magnus, who was her late husband. You do see a bit of their relationship. Um, so sensate and non-sensate, and that was back in Iceland. Kala and Rajan uh, in India, sensate and non-sensate. So within the cluster, you once they get to know one another, once they start seeing one another a lot more often, Will Gorski, the cop in Chicago, and Riley Blue, the Icelandic DJ, wind up becoming very close. <laughs> um, I was just going to say very close because nobody's had sex per se. Physical I mean, there was sex. the orga- there was the orgy scene, but they haven't like physically engaged. I love all the scenes where they're like making out and then someone comes up and is like, "Dude, why are you making out with air?" Exactly. That is hysterical <laughs> to me. Wolfgang and Kala um, are specifically very connected to one another. They have a lot of scenes together, a lot of heart-to-heart conversations. Um, also, Wolfgang and everybody. <laughs> um, well, just another well, Tuesday. Lido and Will at one point. Lido and Will um, are tele- it was beautiful. telepathically in, in the orgasm scene, in the orgy scene. I keep calling it orgasm scene. In the orgy scene. Well, I'm sure there were some. Um, there were many orgasms Will is had. Will is working out. Phys- he's, he's like physically in Chicago at his gym working out. And Which seems really dangerous. Is going on, and Lido all of a sudden is like right over his face as he's trying to do his 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 um, workout. But it's so funny because physically, Lido and Hernando are actually having, having sex, sex in Mexico City, right? Um, I, it seems to me that Sun and um, Caffius are the two that seem to escape the whole orgy. I I have a theory on this one. <laughs> do you? I okay. do. Um, I actually think that uh, it might be another form of representation in either asexual and or a romantic, a romantic individuals that leaving them out of the orgy was was quite a purposeful decision on on the Wachowskis' part because soon soon seems very much motivated by control and not as much emotion um despite what uh, the choices she makes in the show but um Caffius am I saying that correctly yes Caffius does not show any sort of sexual proclivity at all to to me at least he is Caffius is a ball of sunshine he is 
And <laughs> Caffius is, he's all about he's family and he's all about love and he's very, very supportive. And I think he is the shiny, um, sunshiny center that would have been Sun, which, by the way, is spelled S-U-N, like our sun. Um, and yet she's sort of dull and gray inside, whereas he is a bright ball of sunshine. Which makes the, um, the fact that those two seem to connect in friendship in platonic yes. so yes. awesome they are they yeah. are they're perfect for they one another, really, really are if there's no sexuality going on in either of their storylines although i will say that um sun at one point states that she hasn't had sexual intercourse in quite some time that so she is a sexual being but we're not and... too sure what's what fence she falls around or i had canon her as asexual i had her as a romantic not asexual Person that like that's my head cannon. We'll have to see what pans out in season two if they give her any type of a romantic interest at all, which I doubt they will. Um, I don't think she needs it to be perfectly she's honest. She's a fantastically I, I think... flawed character. She's not. She's yes. not a strong woman, though she is a strong person. She's a strong person, but she is such a flawed character, and you just want to grab her by the shoulders and shake her until she makes better decisions. But they're also really good decisions for her character to make, and it frustrates me so much. Oh my god! <sighs> well, they're cultural too. They're also very That's cultural. True. Her decisions that she makes—it's—it's it's for the sake of the family and saving face. And actually, her choice to go to prison spoilers. is a relief. <laughs> but we knew they were spoilers yes. at the top of this. I—I I warned everybody. No, I know. So, um, someone in the prison did say. The only place in Korea you can find a free woman is in prison or something like that. Yeah. But speaking on the sexualities, I want to say this was an interview with Lana Wachowski where she talked about how everyone pre-cluster had their own sexual identities, but... As a cluster, because they take on aspects of each other, everyone has become pansexual. So pre-cluster, you may have been heterosexual, heteroromantic, gay. Which explains what happened to Will. Lesbian, asexual, anything Mm -hmm. within the cluster, because you are taking on all aspects and you are connected with each other. Mm Mm-hmm. You, they've all become pansexual. You now have an appreciation for everybody else's sexual um, point of view. Which I think is like so cool of One of the great do. things about it is there is no freak out of this can't be happening, this can't be happening. There is an acceptance of the other people that just appear in their lives. Although you say that, but <laughs> no me is given reason to doubt. Yeah, but that's a plot point in and of itself. Sun did say, I'm going to just accept that you're a hallucination and keep it going. That's one of my favorite scenes. <laughs> I love I'm just going to consider you a, yes. a, a you know, figment of my imagination. <laughs> and we're just going to move on from there. Because she can't sit there and waste time worrying about, oh my God, what am I seeing? Yeah. And that's, that's Sun. That is who she is. She's like, okay, this unreasonable thing is happening. But you know what? I'm not being hurt. Nobody else seems to be hurt. I'm not in pain, so we're just going to kind of d- deal with <laughs> Can it. Can you go home yet was basically her reaction, which I thought was fantastic. <laughs> she was like, I'm going to continue on my walk. Um, you can not. 
<laughs> right. You can walk with me or you can keep your, you can stay right where you are. Either way, I'm considering you a figment of my imagination. And of course, Caffius is just like, whatever. Okay. Okie dokie. <laughs> This is cool. We're in Korea. You know, he's so yeah, happy every time to he be goes somewhere anywhere. new. Oh my, oh my God! I'm in London. This is real London tea. And then he just takes the tea with his finger out and sips it on dainty. He's like, Caffius, you sweet summer child. He I love you. He is such a cinnamon roll. Oh, okay. Summer Child and Cinnamon Roll are two uh, way out of fandom references. Oh. By the way, can I just point that out? Word of the day. Cinnamon roll and sweet summer child. (laughs) Nailed it. All right. Cinnamon roll. Cinnamon roll, of course, is something that's appeared on Tumblr. It's something that's appeared just online in general. It's from The Onion. It's from The Onion. Oh, yeah. Cinnamon roll too pure for this roll. It was was one of their headlines and people just was like, this is awesome. (laughs) Thank you. So it basically refers to somebody who's just adorable and cuddly and and just has to be protected at all costs. (laughs) Um, And then Sweet Summer Child is just somebody who's just so bloody innocent. And that, of course, is from Game of Thrones. Oh, that's... How do I watch Game of Thrones and I did not realize? Oh, yeah, that's from, that's from Game from. of Thrones. Yeah, that's a phrase that they've used for the kids when they're coming up. And Oh, because you're, cause you're a summer right. child. Oh, my sweet you summer You don't know child. winner. The nanny says it a lot. Oh, the nanny yeah. says um, it a lot. What is her name? Yeah. O- Odella? Something like that? I don't know. I forget. Uh, what's that scene? I don't know. One? Someone, yeah, someone on the internet so. correct me. I don't remember her name. <laughs> like we're on season five, you expect me to remember things? You know from what's season sad one? is I haven't seen much. But anyway, we're, we're we are getting yet again. Okay, Game of Thrones is a issue for another episode or seven yeah, when they come, when they finally come back. Um. Okay, so let's talk a little bit about the fanon the fanon pairings. Um, these are crossovers that I saw when I was just sort of going through AO3 and looking under the, um, Sense8 tag. There are a lot of people that want to take Sense8 and place the premise of it or place the characters from it in a different world or another established universe. For instance, um, the folks over at Orphan Black are having a hell of a good time taking all of the clones and making them sensates as well as oh, that would be an awesome oh, crossover. Well, I, I love know what it. fanfic I'm yeah. reading. I this love weekend. it. Right? <laughs> I need Tatiana Mosley to play this. Right? Um, uh, technically, they all already are sensates because they're all played by Tatiana. <laughs> <laughs> But they're not mentally connected. <laughs> um, <laughs> they're just clones. The other crossover I saw is with Sensate and Leverage. Oh. Oh. Oh, because the OT3. Right? Because yeah. of the OT3 oh. or the OT5. I, I would consider them OT5. Uh, leverage um, is my jam. I'm sorry. I'm doing a rewatch right now. Shut the front door. Just because of Parker, Elliot, oh and Hardison. Elliot and Hardison and Parker. <clears throat> mm. That oh. is my... Can and OT3. Butter and mm, just, okay. I just want to hug them I, all to my. I, I really love that even the creator has confirmed. I just think yeah, that's canon. From, from a plot, <laughs> from a plot fic point standpoint, to have all five of them be able to read each other's minds and to, you know, take on the characteristics and the strengths of each other. Because at one ooh, point ooh. in Sense8, 
Uh, they do a lot of body swapping. One where point. <laughs> um, Will, Several who points. can pick a lock, leaps into Nomi's body to pick the lock on the handcuffs so that he can, fi- even though he physically is not in the room, he can leap into her body and then be physically in the room and grab an implement and pick the, the handcuff lock that she's locked up with. That's one of my favorite mm-hmm. episodes where um him and Leto switch back and forth. <laughs> when... Because there was one scene where... The movie? Um, the, the gun? The shootout? No, not Will. It's... It's, it's Wolfgang. Wolfgang. Who is in very deep trouble with his cousin. And Leto, who comes to his rescue because Wolfgang, even though he's a thief, he can't really lie. Everybody knows when he's lying. I, I think part of it is because he refuses to lie. He's just... He's one of those kind of people... That's so straightforward and refuses to lie that he just physically can't. He's a a safe cracker, just like his daddy was. A box boy, yeah. But that's where the comparison ends. He and his father are (laughs) nothing alike. But he comes from a, a family of gangsters, really. And he doesn't like that life. He is he fi- he feels himself to be unclean. He feels himself to be, uh, a, you know, a dirty version of of the man he could be. And uh, as such, he he finds that, um, you know, he's he's doing all these things. He's being a thief, but he's unable to be a very good liar. He's unable to, um, you know, kill people per se, um, because he's just that's not in him to do. Unless you really, really, really push him. Um, and so we see that sort of evolve um, in his life, too. And But yeah, the scene we were talking about is... Is when he's in trouble the, with um, his cousin. Yeah. And Leto, who is an actor, is like, all right, let me do this for you. And he leaps into his body, he- <laughs> takes his place on the other end of a real gun, mind you. Something that Leto, I don't know, in his real life would even dare. But because this is a member of his cluster, he feels that pull toward him closer than brothers. And he's willing to stare down a bullet in a barrel for this man in Germany. He doesn't even barely know, really. He's just starting to get to know, which is, I think, is such a quality character uh, development for Leto. I think that's actually their first scene together. I have to say, my favorite... I think you might be right. Well, alone. My favorite sense cluster... Cluster shenanigans, let's call them, where there's unintentional overlap, is when Leto gets son's period. Oh! Oh! (laughs) Yes, because son is all stoic and just like, whatever, it's another day. Do I look bloated? I feel bloated. (laughs) And... And Leto's crying, crying, just an emotional mess. And it's like, and of course, yes. to see Sun, whom you know, you just saw her kick somebody's ass. And there she is in the morning and slumped over and feeling like crap because God reminded her she was a girl. And she stumbles to the bathroom. You're not quite sure what's wrong because she had just been in a fight the day before. So you're thinking, okay, maybe she's just really sore from the fight. And she's got a bit of a black eye. So, you know, whatever. And nope. she gets to the bathroom and you see her pull out a tampon and you go, oh, okay. <laughs> I know. What and I every uterus have her but in also- the audience just goes, oh, honey, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> just just but raises the red flag and lowers head and shakes. That dealt with tampons was when um, Amanita, 
I don't know if I'm oh yes right. yeah no you said it right yeah in my head Amanita is trying to protect Nomi yes because the police are after Nomi for breaking out of a hospital so she pours cough syrup on a tampon tampon pulls down her pants and sits on the toilet as like right when someone breaks down the door to like try and look for Nomi and she's like I'm changing my tampon and she throws it at him you want to watch yeah she throws (laughs) the bloody looking tampon at him and I'm like oh this show is everything because you know a girl's period is gross yes oh god and she knows that her her mother whom we meet um Amanita's mother okay we, who is, also who is a bucket of awesome. She's a professor, but she's very much, and you can tell just by looking at her, she is very much an ex-hippie. Like, there not is no peace, love, and graph no, paper. No, no, This she's chick was in rebel. protests throwing homemade mustard gas. Bra-burning badass. She is a bra-burning badass, absolutely. Um, so, yeah, so you can tell just by looking at this woman that this chick taught her daughter how to deal and that that's one of the sweetest scenes happens in front of the mother where Nomi and Amanita Amanita thank you I just I keep wanting to call her Freema or Martha (laughs) but Amanita and Nomi are sitting on the couch passing back and forth a single lollipop Personally, I find that gross, and I would That's never do what it. I, thought. I was just like, but what? also it's sweet. Um, well, if you're swapping spit with that person, what's the point? What's nope, the difference? Nope, nope. The other pairing that I have uh, witnessed, as far as crossovers is concerned, when it comes to the sensates being um, overlapped with another uh, universe, is in the Homestuck universe. I don't know shit. About I know Homestuck. nothing about that. I don't want to uh, know What little anything. I know about Homestuck is that it is very, very, very complicated. Okay. There is no <laughs> easy explanation for what is going on in that story, in that universe. All I know is it's about a video game and that kids were sucked into it and aliens are involved. Okay. And I'll that's see, all I know. more than I do. And that's all I know. And that's like a guess. Because that's what I've gleaned from all of the um, all of the things that I've seen on Tumblr. So, so dear um, listeners, if you know anything about Homestuck, please tweet us, tumble us, tumble us. Is that it? Or, or if you or watch Sense Eight, do, or don't. Or if you watch Sense Eight and you're a Homestuck know. fan, write the thing. Um, send, <laughs> there's plenty of fanfic out there for you. Um, of course. In the Sensate tag on AO3, there are, of course, lots and lots of the cluster ships where it's just the Sensates in a polyamorous relationship, being pan-romantic and um, pansexual. Who I don't seem to see, who I don't seem seem to see fic on, and who they're, from the get-go, you know that there is a um, physical and or a romantic attachment is between Jonah and Angelica. I don't see any oh my of that. God. There's They're, no they pre-sensate. There's no pre-sensate fanfic out there. So if you ship Jonah and Angelica, you damn well better write the thing because there is. N- <laughs> I mean, I don't see. Maybe, maybe because we know almost nothing about Angelica. Maybe, but even then, you can kind of. I don't know. You can make stuff up almost, if you really want. It to. It will be almost completely OC. You might as well write. Jonas OC. Stop, stop discouraging fanfic right now, fandom girl. No, I'm not. I'm not. Write whatever <laughs> you want to write. I'm just saying the reason why you may not see it is because 
we know almost nothing about her. And I keep looking at Captain America. The plushie over and my I shoulder? Want it. Yes. Would you like me to bring him I'm closer? Not... <laughs> I would like you to bring him to me. No, I got him at uh, Universal Studios. My mama bought him He would for look me. really nice next to my Batman. I'll get you one for Christmas. Or I'll make you one. Yay. I could make you one. Oh, wow. You can't see the flail, you guys, but there was a flail. It was really cute. You're so precious. This is a thing. You're, you're like Riley when, when she gets to talk to Will. That cute little face she makes. <laughs> that I loved that, oh my god, we're not crazy moment. Yeah, at the bar when they was like, all right, I'll call you. <laughs> hey, bro, bro, answer the phone for me. <laughs> Sounds hot. She's She's foreign or something. Yeah. <laughs> His partner. What is the partner's name? Will's partner. Oh, the one who puts up with all these weird ass shenanigans. Let me see if I wrote it down. I do not know that I wrote it down. Diego. Diego. I think that's it. Hmm. I didn't write it down. I think I it's have Diego. Nix, I have Bug. I have Grace, which is on Nix was mom. creepy. I have Jung Ki, which is the brother um, Sun's brother. Um, Little um, fucker. I have Mr. Whispers, Jayla, Daniela, Rajan, Felix, Hernando, Angelica, and Jonas. And those were the ones I, I saw. But I did not uh, think on think... Will's partner. Will's partner is surprisingly easygoing with some of the weird stuff Will puts him through. This is true. This is very true. Yeah, it's Diego. I was right. Well, he, he is a believer, though. He actually he talks about having an experience himself. So, I remember that. It's one of the earlier episodes. I don't remember which. Probably the first one, where they're in, finally in the church. Yeah. One of the interesting things is how they, the show goes through all the trouble of showing how each character processes what is happening to them. I mean, Nomi has a different aspect to it because of the intricacies of the beginning of her storyline. Um, and if you guys, you know, watch the episode, see what I'm talking about. Cause I'm being vague on purpose. Um, we've already spoiled them for a lot of stuff. So you I know, know but this is bother. one of those uh, y'all are happy to see. I, 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 I want them. I want people it's to watch such this. a massive plot point. You don't want to spoil it. Mm, okay. But mm. it is, if you want spoilers for Sense Eight, come find me <laughs> I, on Twitter. I'm R E H F A N. I will tell all. She will tell you all of the things. <laughs> I mean, if if an individual wants it, I will tell them whatever they want. It's just well, so can a good Google the... trip. But still, there's there's something <laughs> to be said for experiencing the dimpled apple that is Wolfgang's arse. This is true. You really do need to see the show. You know, if you're a fan of butts. <laughs> and, um, you know, dick in a Lito's, wedding. Dick in a fills out a pair of pants pretty damn well, uh, too. Yes. Um, okay, spe speaking oh, of love and love for things, um, the Sorry. other thing I saw with the fanfic ships, there is a ton of love for Leto and Hernando in fanfic. Because they are uh, adorable. They are the best ship ever and in it's, all and of it's not in, And it's not the triple relationship it's just Lido hernando but like oh my the poly is canon i know there's Which a is... lot of love for cluster ships like i say the cluster yeah. ship is another option for fan and pairings which is fantastic nomi and amanita runs a very close second what fem slashes up uh-huh 
We are strong what? in the fem slash kids for Sense8. So if you are starving for fem slash, please, please, please. Nomi and Amanita is the pairing. And the next pairing after that that I saw that was really kind of prolific is Wolfgang and Kala. Oh my god, uh, that is my Kala. favorite pairing. I'm sorry. Because they're adorable. They are adorable. And... She calls him a demon. How can you not love that? She's just like, <laughs> <laughs> you have been sent here to tempt me. <laughs> Right? No, but he was gigantic like... elephantine <laughs> cock. <Yeah. laughs> Which is incredibly ironic if you watch the show. <laughs> but uh, and then the the fourth pairing that I saw a lot of was Sunbak and Su Jin, who is one of the inmates in the prison with her. Oh, the um the cute little girl? Yeah, I believe uh... so. Yes. I don't see it, but that's me. Well, again, Sun, we're not seeing, uh, you know, it's not presented as overtly sexual. I mean, you've already heard my headcanon. And that may be the case with these stories. All I know is the, the pairing was Sun Bak and Su Jin. And it could be a um, platonic. It could be a, an asexual relationship. It could be an aromantic relationship. Uh, you just, you don't know. That's what um, season two is for. It, it just depends on how the, you. that's how the author, you know, however the fanfic author saw it or yeah. wants to present it, then that's what's, so, what's, what's there. Um, but those are like, my notes, kids. Those are all of my I notes. I have a question. Sense. I know so. I keep harping on this. Oh, no, go okay. ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead, fandom. I know I keep harping on this, but there, there's like no shows that show a canon poly relationship. Well, there's few shows, I should say. There's yeah, we're not, not no counting Big Love. We are not leverage. counting Big Love. I'm sorry. Uh, I was thinking Leverage because... Oh, yeah, OT3. Like, we, as we were discussing that earlier. OT, but yeah, OT5. this is canon Polly with a platonic third arm. So you have right. Lito and Hernando who are gay, but you also have Daniela who is straight, but also a member of their triad. And, like, they they literally sleep together. She is there when they have sex. She's she, filming it. <laughs> she's filming uh, it. Can't blame her. But Well, a lot of straight women I know would love to hold a video camera in a lot of bedrooms. That's all I've got to say. I have been called Daniela before. <laughs> but, um... They they eat together. There is there is a relationship that is built between them. Like right. when we was talking about earlier about Will not Will about Wolfgang and Leto having that moment where Leto saved Wolfgang. There's a moment later that episode where it's reciprocated and Wolfgang Leto is not a fighter. He. He's he tries. He, he even calls himself that. He knows he's a liar. He's a very good he, liar. He tells, um, after lying for Wolfgang, he tells him, lying's easy, that's my job. So then later, when he needs help, Wolfgang is there to take over his body and fight for him to protect Daniela. Because... Because reasons. Hernando is upset that Daniela, Daniela got hurt because of some things... That Leto, some decisions Leto made, and and decisions and Wolfgang returned. Made. Don't don't get her off scot free on yeah. this one. No, she's not scot free either. But um, Leto, 
goes to save her, even though he knows that he is shit at fighting and can't really realistically fight a Mexican crime lord. No, but he makes <laughs> but, an effort. He actively tries, and he does care as much as he tries to pretend that he does. Yeah, there, there is a real love between all three of them, and I love I think that. A, oh, go ahead, I'm sorry. No, that that's it. Even though I was I was just going to add that, um, the just like Leto told Wolfgang that lying is easy, that's my job, Wolfgang tells Leto, fighting is easy, that's my job. And I thought that was just really There's cute. There's a lot of moments of continuity <laughs> like that. Like, this is this is a show with very clever writing, very smart writing, and it isn't patronizing as certain shows can show relationships to be. Sherlock! <coughs> Sorry. Supernatural. <laughs> oh my god! <coughs> oh, you catching uh, a code? Yeah. Uh, uh, a, a queer baiting code? Oh, damn, something <laughs> in my throat. I, I hear that queer baiting code is going around a lot. Yeah. Be safe. <laughs> Wrap it before you tap. Oh, sorry. No. Wrong context. <laughs> but, uh, no, there, there is no queer baiting. Everyone is just a little bit queer. And it's kind of lovely. I have to say. I, I also appreciate the good uh, character development oh my that gosh. we've seen. Um, and the peeks into who they truly are as people. Um, it's almost as if the audience has become a sensate with them where we learn about Will's past and how he was always really kind of open and receptive to the, um, telepathic, uh, link and how he would follow this little girl to, you know, this, this broken down site, even though his father was a cop. And so he kind of went into the family business. But, um, but when he was a little boy, he, they were looking for this little girl who had gone missing. And the little girl would appear to him and lead him along to try and show him something. And he was always open and receptive to that. Of course, it was talked out of him uh, when he was a boy because, of course, it's ridiculous, this, this concept that you've seen this little girl. There's no way you could have seen her. You know, she's far and away from here. Nobody knows where she is. How could you know where she is? That kind of a thing. And so as a kid, he would, you know, constantly break, you know, little rules and laws and, and he would shoplift and do little things just to piss his dad off, I think. Um, also to garner attention because nobody would listen to him when he spoke. So, you know, of course he was going to either become a complete criminal or he was going to learn to toe the mark. And he eventually did become a police officer, um, I think mainly to, to get his dad to see him again. As opposed I to this Will little would, kid. Yeah, I think Will would, would qualify as, like, chaotic good. He's not lawful. He isn't. Th yeah. there, no. No. Not by any stretch of anyone's imagination. And then there's poor, lovely Blue, Riley Blue. She of the tragic um, past. Who, oh, my goodness. Her dad oh is God, just adorable to her. I did like her dad. Yeah, her dad is very, very sweet. I want Amanita's mom and Riley Blue's dad Aww. to find each other. Because they're two hippies that would so get on well with one the, another. They're meeting at the airport. Um, he was what, playing a ukulele? He was playing Baba O'Reilly. He was singing uh, to her. I think it was, he was a, playing something. I think it was yeah. a okay. He was singing to her. As an aside, I said earlier that it was an interview that Lana Wachowski said all the main characters are pansexual. It was actually something Brian Smith, who plays Will, said that ah. Lana said. 
Oh, okay. That is so we're getting second hand information. In this case, though, I'm happy to believe that second hand. Yeah. And I just saw something so cute. So apparently, son's prison number 773. 7 plus Mm -hmm. 7 plus 3 equals 17. 1 plus 7 equals 8. I don't know if that was on purpose. And 773 is an area code in Chicago. I knew that actually. My mom's phone number starts with 773. (laughs) And I I found out why both um, the actresses for Sun and um, who else did I say? Sun and I want to say Riley were in. Oh, uh, Jupiter Ascending? Yeah. That's a Wachowski movie. Oh, hey! <laughs> Duh. <laughs> so, yeah. Hey, Matt, no, have you looked at, like, the wolf? I am, like, such the, a the, trivia the, what person. What was it, Dick Wolf? I don't know. Wolf Films? Like, the he of the Law and Order mega empire? Yeah, Dick Wolf. Yeah, I Dick was right, wolf. yeah. Dick Wolf, yeah. Um, I think he passed away as well. Um, not recently, oh. but I don't know. I'll, I'd have to... Hey, Google Meister, can you check that out for me? Um, but... What, no, what so, about it? What are you Dick Wolf to say is one Dick of Wolf? those that would borrow actors all the time. Oh, Joss Whedon does that a lot. Like, if you ever look at anything well, yeah, Joss Whedon that, does, that's... Dick Wolf is okay, still alive. No, it was Jerry Orbach who passed away. My bad. Um, but no, Dick Wolf did Law and Order, you know, all umpteen iterations of it, but also Oz, which is one of those fantastic disturbing shows and you get to see Chris Maloney's dick at least twice that I can remember offhand. Um, but it, it's one of those not a bad day not at work. Not a bad no. day at work. I, 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 I'm down for that. Like, I, I appreciate the aesthetics of his penis. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure Mrs. Maloney feels yeah. the same. But it's... it's I think a lot of people borrow actors from other projects. That's something you see. Yeah, it makes sense. Like, you know how they work. My friends and I have a theory that there are only exactly 103 Uh actors in Hollywood allowed at any one time (laughs) to be used in anything. And there are uh, 25 that are in Canada and there are 75 (laughs) in Britain. Wow, Britain gets that many. And they're just recycled constantly. And when one dies, another (laughs) one is brought up from the ranks. Usually with Britain, you hear about 10. somewhere. (laughs) And they also have um, five sets. But they've all all been in everything. (laughs) Yeah, but like almost everything Joss Whedon does... He has at least one person Doll from house. something else he's done. Because even before, even before Firefly, he worked with Nathan Fillion in Buffy. And Buffy right. was just one. Um, Felicia Day was in Buffy. Everyone was Flow from the from Flow from the progressive yeah. commercials was in Buffy or <laughs> Angel, one of the two. Yeah, really? she played some white-eyed demon chick. <laughs> Flow has worked with Joss Whedon. Oh, I don't want to act. Oh, God, I hate it. I'm, I'm one of those that if you got me in front of a real camera, not like the webcam, like I am staring at you two lovelies right now, I, I would probably get half a line out and curse. Just be like, to be or not to... Motherfucker! Nope. <laughs> oh, wait until... Bitch, <laughs> fuck nuggets! Wait until um, Sam and Maddie's zom- um, yeah. teen zombie movie comes out. You can see my A-plus not acting skills. Awesome. I am stiff and 
horrible. Well, it's a zombie movie, so he'll know the difference. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I actually I just, have... I cringe thinking about my acting in that. Oh, God. I love acting. I just, I... I was, uh, honestly, I was raised under the uh, the idea that acting was uh, my brother's uh, thing. So it was for them to do, and I that's why I became a techie. So huh. I've always wanted to act. And I was, like, in two or three things before my brothers were born. But after that, it became, like, their thing. Another random trivia. Does anyone like the movie Thor? Yes. Yes. Strakinsky, the other creator of the show wrote it cool boom i really like trivia i'm sorry (laughs) (laughs) Uh, as far as my experiences i have uh, been in uh, several productions in my entire life but um i it doesn't fill my twinkie (laughs) acting doesn't do it for me it really doesn't i can i can take it or leave it i'm competent enough i would not you know appear oh um Yes, they went over there to do the thing. And, you know, on whatever line it is they give me, I'll try to read it as naturally as possible. But um, but I, I just, it doesn't do anything for me. It doesn't float my boat. It does not fill my Twinkie. Uh, it's not a dream of mine, even though I, I do believe every person on earth has had the Academy Award dream. Like, we've all um, dreamt no, of accepting no, that I award. I still have nope, my Academy nope. Award dream, but it's going to be for screenwriting or directing. See, that I could see, but no, I do not I do not have the accolade dream. That is, no. I've never wanted to be an actor, but I've always wanted to work in film. Mm-hmm. Which, actually, I'm supposed to wake up in, like, eight hours to <laughs> go be a script supervisor, but whatever. What? I'll be, like, sitting all day. Who cares? Okay, kids. So basically what we're saying about Sense8 is please watch it because it is... Amazeballs. It gives a great uh, view of of representation. Uh, You have a lot of people from all walks of life from all around the globe in their own experiences. It deals with AIDS and HIV. It deals with trans uh, folks and their struggles. It deals with, um, oh, no, you know, mother pisses me off. family oh. problems, exactly. Parents that aren't exactly what we want them to be anymore. Will's father comes to mind. Um, we deal with parents who love their children, but their children are a little um, misguided and, and have lost their way. I'm thinking of Riley Blue's dad. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you deal with different cultures. So you've got the South Korean culture and you've got the uh, culture in India and Mumbai. And we're dealing with uh, Kala and her wedding, um, her impending marriage to a man she's not quite sure she loves Which, at all. Ever, in fact, she's probably pretty positive she doesn't love him. Did we ever get Beautiful. an answer on whether or not they're getting married? Uh, no, we never did. Okay. Um, all I know is that, you know, her... her future father-in-law is very Mm anti-religious so you have a religious uh, theme very respectful discussion of religion it's a very respectful discussion of a religion that not most westerners do not know about um and and lord gamesh is an elephant shaped deity uh in the indian culture and hinduism right and yes i I believe believe so. so um but, you know, and she, uh, Kala, is very devout and comes to the temple every day while her um, her future father-in-law wants to shut the temple down. And things happen. 
you know, because things become political when you start messing with religions. One of the things I liked um, about Kala is being a woman of science and a woman of faith was not proclivative of each other for her. Like, yeah, she had a good line about that. Yeah, it wasn't one uh, or the other. You really, it's it's a very deep show in a lot of ways, but in, in a lot of other ways, too. It's very, very funny. It's very, very honest. Um, Leto's turn at having a period is... Hilarious. Uh, a, a, <laughs> hilarious and a dream come true. <laughs> uh, because every woman, every excuse me, every uterus haver on the planet is going, yes, see, that's what it freaking feels like, damn it. And we're all giving up a cheer because nobody knows but us. And now there's an opportunity for the sensates to realize what the heck this is. Um, you get the um, absolute endless sunshine that is Caffius, uh, even though he's got the world crumbling down around his ears and his mother is sick. He is doing what he can for her, even though it's it's um, compromising his morals. Um, and is based on a, a, a lie, really. Oh, so um, good. And so his his story is very intriguing. And um, the you know life in Nairobi is not all sunshine and roses. Um, even though Caffius could probably his smile could probably power all of Nairobi. Caffius's story is, I think, one of the more intricate, um, morally speaking. Yes. Yes. I agree with that. I agree with that. Um, so yes, please watch the show. It is catch up with us. It is just phenomenal. We absolutely love it. We 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 are eager for um, yes. season two, and I know that the cast is excited to do it. I do follow some of the cast on Twitter. Most of them, um, the woman who plays Kala, Tina, she is on Twitter. Um, uh, the gentleman who plays Will, um, he uh, Brian Smith is, is on he? Twitter. Yes, he is. I follow him on Twitter. Um, gosh, I wish I could remember. Oh, Miguel um, Angel, uh, who plays Lido, he is on Twitter. Um, so yeah, go find these folks. You know, follow him. Amel Amin, who is on Twitter. Um, Jayla, who uh, the gentleman who plays Jayla, Paul Ogola, um, he is on Twitter because he follows us. <laughs> hi. Um, he follows our. <laughs> really? Hi. It's good to see you. You're amazing um, too. Yes, exactly. Even even the the side characters, the people who are um, you know surrounding this cluster, who are in the clusters of lives, all of them are phenomenal. Are good, bad, oh indifferent, goodness. chaotic, good, chaotic, bad. You know, whatever, however they fall. There are like they are... no two dimensional characters. Like even right. the people that are just side characters, like Nick's. They have their right. own story. Right. And, and they come in and they're entertaining and they're either, you know, they're good, they're bad, they're evil, they're somewhere in between. For instance, Bug is a character that shows up in Nomi and um and I love life Bug as a <laughs> uh, as a computer hacker who lives off the grid and who, who Nomi knew before she uh when she was still Michael and and, and just hacking. Um but yeah, so I mean, you meet all of these lovely people all the way along. And that's just season one, guys. So um, as uh, we would wish you a happy time watching Sensei, we still always want to remind you when we always end our shows with lube is, is important. important. Watch the show. Yes. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.